the other thing I would say is my own opinion is too much tech time is not very good for our well-being. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, right. sorry. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, you know, it's really managing the, the boundaries around that. Hello and welcome to this episode of the WP Elevation podcast. I'm Mike Killen, a WP Elevation coach and WordPress marketing specialist based in Devon in England. I'm very excited to announce that our feature guest this week is Amy Fellman, a clinical psychologist and host of the psychology podcast, We All Wear It Differently. In this episode, we're going to talk to Amy about mental health in general and how important it is that we take the time to look inwards and help ourselves Stay with us. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Hey, this episode of the WP Elevation Podcast is brought to you by WP Elevation. Well, more specifically, it's brought to you by a bunch of our happy customers. See, frankly, I feel a little bit awkward telling you how great WP Elevation is because you're probably not going to believe me because WP Elevation is my baby. It's something that we started over three years ago. Of course, now we're a team of, of, of coaches and mentors and we have hundreds and by the time you're listening to this, probably thousands of members all over the world. But it still really is something that I'm very passionate about. And, and of course, if you join WP Elevation, we make revenue and we make profit. So it's a little bit awkward if I tell you how great it is because you probably think I'm just trying to sell you on it. And partially I am because I know how beneficial the program is. So what I'd love to do instead is just introduce you to some of our customers. So if you go to wpelevation.com slash the podcast, all one word, you'll be able to hear some of those stories from our customers and hear for yourself how WP Elevation has impacted their business and changed their lives. I hope you enjoy that and I hope you check it out at some point. Right now, let's get back to the podcast. Hey guys, Coach Mike here. Welcome to the WP Elevation podcast. I am delighted to be joined by Amy Fellman. Amy, how are you doing? Hey Mike, very well, thank you. Good. I'm glad you, uh, <laughs> you were able to join me. Amy, you have got a quite a wide background to do with mental health. Now, I have already mentioned that this is part of our um, one of our special podcasts for mental health awareness, mental health month, all this kind of stuff. Um, you've got a podcast. You're part of a team with an app. You do clinical psychology. You know, I mean, <laughs> tell us how you kind of came to this broad, broad range of uh, dealing with mental health. Ah, okay. Well, I guess I actually started my uh, early career in media and in the arts. So I was studying radio production. I used to do community radio. Uh, I was trying to be an actor for quite a while. No way. Uh, yeah. So, and then I got to my mid twenties and I decided I needed a plan B because the whole uncertainty and the lack of financial stability and all that stuff started to really freak me out. So sure. I decided to go back and study psychology part time. Uh, because cool. essentially, yeah, I identified that I had a really deep interest in the human story. So I think even my interest in media and in theatre was really about the human story. So I thought I'd give this psychology thing a go. Sure. Six years later, I came out with a Master's of Clinical Psychology. Uh, you mentioned the podcast. So yep. my podcast is called We All Work Differently. Yep. It's a podcast for early career psychologists. So essentially, I interview psychologists from all different backgrounds, uh, you know, from forensic psychology to uh, eating disorders, yoga psychology, um, 
you know, you name it, we do it. Uh, it's fascinating. Yep. So that's kind of where the media psychology part comes in. I also work clinically, like you said. So I work at a private practice or two actually. So I work with young people um, and I also work with adults. I've done a lot of work with people with personality disorders in the past as well. Wow. And then the app that you mentioned is called Smiling Mind and it's a mindfulness meditation app. Uh, we also run workshops. So we train teachers uh, and corporates in mindfulness meditation. And Smiling Mind's big goal is to get mindfulness meditation in the school curriculum of Australia by oh, cool. 2020. So oh, right. we really see that, yeah, as a powerful way to uh, prevent mental health issues in, in schools and, and improve learning as yeah. well, you know, kids' ability to learn properly. So so I do content development stuff for them and workshop training. That's awesome. Now, you have spoken yeah. at uh, WordCamp, is that Boston? Yes. Now, that was actually yes. on starting a podcast, right? But obviously, you've seen, you, you know, and for those who don't know, Amy is married to Mr. Troy Dean, correct? That's correct. <laughs> obviously, so I, didn't, I don't know. Things, might, I things might have changed. I don't know. <laughs> no, obviously, yeah. Amy's married to Troy. So, so Amy knows the WordPress, the digital creative space. You yourself said that you came from like a media and, and you know, um, production-based background. So why is, it, why is it that in this area, in this industry, we need to understand mental health, know about it, be aware of our own and other people's around us? You know, why is this so important? I think in all industries, it's incredibly important. Sure. Uh, but no doubt there's, I guess, some specific things facing people in your industry uh, and freelancers in general who often mm. work in isolation. So you and I were talking before earlier about often people that work in the tech space tend to be a bit more uh, introverted uh, than extroverted. Yep. But I think also the way your workspaces actually are set up uh, don't necessarily encourage a lot of, of contact and community. So there is that sense of potential, you know, potential isolation. Yep. Um, also, when you're working alone, you don't have a lot of support around you. So the team factor. So mm. many of us go to work for the love of the team. Yeah. You know, so, so that's a really important part of our, our working life is that social support and connection and all that downtime, those chats in the, in the tea room and, you know, the drinks after work. Yeah. They are what often get people through. So that's yeah. really important. Um, and I would say, you know, working alone, you are managing deadlines, you're managing the financial challenges. You know, if you don't get a particular client you're expecting to get, that might put you in a really stiff position for the month. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and you're probably juggling people um, overseas externally as well that work for you. So there's yeah. a lot of demands coming from all sorts of places. It's not very centralized. That's interesting. Yeah. You're juggling many balls, I guess, mm. um, all the time. The other thing I would say is my own opinion is too much tech time is not very good for our well-being. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, right. sorry. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, you know, it's really managing the, the boundaries around that. Yep. Uh, whether you think it or not, it takes your energy. I mean, for everybody listening to this, think about a day of you know, eight to 10 hours at a computer, how drained mm. you feel at the end of it, you know? Yep. Yeah. So you might not go outside as often 
not spend as much time in the sun as you need, getting your vitamin D, connecting with nature, connecting with people. So Mm -hmm. I think all those things as well are important. But like I was saying before, I think it's just critical for all people to pay attention to your mental health. You know, just like we take care of our bodies, we need to take care of our minds. And if we don't, it can affect our functioning. You know, do you want to function optimally in your life, in your work, in your relationships, uh, in everything that you do? Well, then you need to pay attention to your mental health. And Mm -hmm. if you don't, if you ignore it, which a lot of us tend to do, push it under the cover, well, Mm -hmm. like anything, it might get a little worse. And then sometimes we end up in that vicious cycle. and before we know it, everything's impacting everything else and it's difficult to get out of. Yep. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny because obviously we've only got sort of 20 or so minutes, so I don't think we can cure the entire world's mental health problems. <laughs> we'll give it a, we'll give it a crack. I'll put it on the, put it on the stopwatch. But with <clears throat> the biggest thing I think you've mentioned there is um, spending too much time with the technology we found um, kind of in our house with my, my partner, Liv and I, um, who of course, you know, um, that not having our phones and screens and stuff in the bedroom before we go to sleep, massive, massive game changer, like just even changing our sleep routine. And I think part of that stems also from that need to, I don't know what the, the technical term is, but that kind of feeling of false connection where if I go, well, if I've got emails coming in, I have to answer them because I'm connected to people. That's kind of, I don't know, now that we don't do it, it kind of feels a bit artificial, you know, Mm. unless you're doing it constructively. Yeah. And you actually get a dopamine hit every time your phone goes bing and the light flashes. Tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah, you're getting a little hit. It's like, oh, that feels good. And oh, people like me, you know. And uh, so there's not only that, there's also the attention, um, the attentional blink that happens every time you are distracted. You know, you lose a certain amount of seconds or minutes. It takes a certain amount of seconds or minutes to bring your attention back to what you were doing. Yeah. And when you add that up, you might be losing eight to 10 hours a week of your time just wow. through the distraction of checking an email, checking your phone, just for that quick dopamine hit. So you really need to be very strict with that. And reality usually is get it out of your bedroom and turn them off mm-hmm. for periods of time yeah. You because know, we kid ourselves when we've got multiple tabs open and we think yeah. that we can, you know, not do the dance. Uh, we do it all the time. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, so where can we've I done stop? The, so I was going to say, we've done the out of the, out of the bedroom thing too, with the phones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's key. Yeah. You wake up in the morning with a clear head. You don't yeah. check immediately, et cetera. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Um, and, and kind of leading down. So when we start, what are some of the things we need to start bearing in mind if this is something, because this was always kind of the equivalent of like starting going to the gym. A lot of people know that there's stuff they can do, but they've got absolutely no idea on exercises, the psychology behind it, you know, what they need to look for. Where, where do we start? You know? Yeah. It's interesting. You say what to look for and where to look, because we really need to slow down and look at ourselves. Don't we? you know, what's going on for me internally in my internal world, my thoughts, my feelings, my physical sensations, et cetera. And then how am I also interacting with my environment? So I would say a great starting place for people is a mindfulness practice, which is essentially um, cultivating your self-awareness. So what's happening right here, right now for me in this present moment, Mm -hmm. but it's also how you're paying attention to that. So you're doing that in a non-judgmental 
very curious and open way. So just how you might say to a friend, you know, how you're feeling, what's happening right now, you know, what happened before, how did you end up at this place? We also need to respond to ourselves that way too. Mike, you know, how are you feeling? You know, you had a, an anger outburst today. What happened? Mm. What did you notice? How are you feeling now? So it's really about checking in with ourselves regularly and through mindfulness training, we can actually learn to pay attention to those things. Uh, and that gives us a lot of information in how we can respond more effectively in our lives. That's cool. Okay. So, so mindfulness and, and being aware of something that's happened and kind of just giving ourselves a period of reflection over those things. I personally, I found as well that um, patterns of behavior, that's typically where I'll go, uh, I need to kind of think about this because this shouldn't be happening. Now, a lot mm. of the time it's, it's really easy to say that because, you know, you kind of think, well, that that's an option. But I think a lot of people, particularly for periods of anger, because anger is actually how my kind of depression, whatever manifested itself. I was just mm. constantly angry. And a lot mm. of people are like, no, it's like, I didn't feel motivated. I didn't want to get out of bed. I was like, I was getting out of bed. I was just furious all the time. Mm. You know, wow. but, yeah, just tiny <laughs> things would like set me off. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that's kind of that, our journey, but we, you know, we know of people who you know struggle to, um, get out of bed or they're anxious all the time or they kind of shut down their communication process I don't think it manifests itself in exactly the same way is that because it's like a coping mechanism or I don't know are you saying things don't manifest in individuals in the same way so yeah, somebody like might mental, yeah mental angry. health yeah mental health is not like a oh you're, you're depressed that's mental health I don't think it's as clear cut as that or yeah well so you're talking about mental health versus a mental health disorder oh right oh okay i, th I think that's what you're touching on a little yeah I, I, yeah I think so yeah you know so you might have somebody who meets criteria for a mm. mental health disorder so you know a clinical depression or an anxiety yeah. disorder yeah uh, or a post-traumatic stress disorder versus somebody who is dealing with anger that is impacting huh. their life but maybe you don't necessarily meet a criteria for that. So you might not necessarily get described as having a disorder. Sure. However, your mental health still yep. impacts you in every way and in everything you do. So mental health sits on a continuum. Okay. You know, from, I guess, kind of optimal functioning right through to a serious mental health disorder sure. and we can all fall in the in at any space on the continuum yep. and we can also move along the continuum as well people often think that if i've been diagnosed with something clinically then that's it for me and that's not the case yeah. either yeah yeah okay so does that answer your question yeah no it absolutely does that was kind of because the reality is i think we talk about it a lot and to be honest i'm, I'm a complete mm. layman when it comes to this i literally I have no idea when it comes to this kind of stuff. So that's why I was fascinated to come on this call and talk about this because it seems yeah. like there's a very broad brushstroke, I think across a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, and it's yes. who far be it from me to say to someone, Oh, that's because you work in this industry or that's because you're just feeling a bit sad or whatever. I've got no idea. So the fact that there is such a broad range to me suggests that people need to kind of explore that and see where they fit within that. I don't know. Yeah, well, you were talking about kind of short-term responses. So, uh, like, you mentioned something previously to me about, like, you know, a panic response versus, like, a long-term – so a short-term panic yeah, yeah, versus yeah. a long-term experience. Yeah. And 
So there's, there's a short term panic or stress attack that might happen in a situation which is understandable. Sure. You know, um, so just say you lose a big client and it's got something to do with a mistake you made. So it would be understandable that you would have a really strong response to that. But then That's interesting. what happens after that response? Yep. So do you then lose half the day or half yeah. the week yeah. to a low mood? Yeah. Uh, do you go home and chew off all of your fingernails and self-harm? Yeah. Um, do you go home and take it out on your family? Or do you just have that experience in the moment, feel a bit shit for a while and then get over it? So you know, checking out your responses to things and how much it's impacting you. Now, obviously then a long-term chronic kind of picture is feeling like you're walking around with a black cloud Mm. um, or kind of a stress cloud around you 24-7 and that you have no escape. You know, you're finding it hard to experience pleasure. Mm -hmm. You are not communicating in the way you usually do with, with people. You're feeling almost out of sorts, like not yourself. So that's when you've hit, I guess, a more serious end of the spectrum. But again, everything sits on this continuum. So, you know, do my short-term responses, you know, is it understandable uh, or is it having a greater impact on me? Are they building? So am I having more short-term panics Mm. or short-term stress attacks uh, than I usually do within a week or a month? What's happening there? So that's why, you know, it's really important to constantly pay attention to these things. And going back to to mindfulness, I should say just the act of paying attention can help you calm, Mm -hmm. uh, connect and find clarity in that moment (laughs) because you're suddenly just doing one thing versus juggling many things. Okay. And then, and then in that moment, once you identify uh, or, or increase your self-awareness, then you can choose something that's going to be more helpful for you. So if you notice the anxiety coming on um, through your heart beating and your worry thoughts, it mm. might be a breathing practice. Huh. You, know, it, you know, it might be um, <clears throat> calling somebody who always lifts your mood, yep. uh, reading a positive affirmation, whatever it might be that helps you. That's cool. That's good. And I think as well, um, it's interesting. We're kind of moving into like, how do we begin to work on moving ourselves out of these phases? Cause I think sometimes a lot of the time after we've learned that, yeah, this is something I'll have to be aware of. You know, we can, I know that I can sometimes see like a, a dip happening and I can sort of think, okay, well I'm, I'm going to work mm. on making sure that it doesn't get as bad as it has done in the past, you know, and that's mm. usually in constructive ways that again, we've, we've worked on, you know, is there anything else that we can begin to work on if we've, if we understand that we've got these kind of feelings and emotions and thoughts happening mm. to, to help us kind of begin to work our way out of it, you know, particularly as we're one, particularly as we're usually one people organizations at the time. Um, you mentioned community, which is great, but sometimes it's not as easy as just being like, right, just going to find a bunch of mates and uh, yeah, <laughs> find a bunch of co-workers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just interested to hear from you before I go into the strategy things. What are the tips or you said there are things that you notice before you go into a dip. Yeah. That might be helpful for your listeners if you're comfortable okay. to share that. Yeah. That's you a good know, point. Yeah. Cause that's what we're talking about. So uh, I notice that I begin to think really far ahead in the future and think, mm-hmm. well, that's it. Everything's going to go wrong the world's going to fall apart. I'm not going to be able to pay the mortgage. My bank's going to call me up. I'm going to end up being on the streets and everyone's going to, and I'm like, just, it's, 
and I had to stop myself and uh, the, the physically the next thing I do is actually write a list of everything that's going wrong and it's actually mm-hmm. usually only about two items <laughs> that I then think are then spiraling going to spiral out of control kind of like the butterfly effect mm-hmm. and for me when I write out those two items I'm like it's an email and a phone call Mike let's be honest like it's it's probably it's probably not going to result in you being like used as a you know like a science experiment my worst fear is that i'll end up with so little money that i have to give my body over to science that's like the that's like the fear so, i'm so glad i asked you this question <laughs> yeah definitely me too i'm really happy yeah no no this is good right <clears throat> and um yeah so my thing is i'll write down the two items first of all is actually take a break from whatever it is i do and i'll usually go for a walk or something um and it's it's kind of the difference between thinking over those two things in a non-constructive way and me going, this is probably not going to fix itself in the next 20 minutes. I can at least just go get some oxygen. I know what it is that I've got to do and I'm going to come back to it and nine times, 99 times out of a hundred, it's, it's just gone and it's not a problem anymore. You know? Amazing. Yeah. So in that way, you've slowed the whole process down by just paying attention to what is happening. Yep. You've done it in a way that's not a judgmental. You haven't given yourself a hard time about it. You're like, uh-huh, I know what this is. Yeah. This is you catastrophizing yeah. like crazy. Yes. I'm familiar with this story, yep. the old body over to science story. Yep. <laughs> I yeah. know what this is about and I can step back, get some space, yep. Yep. Do that little pause yep. to make it a more effective choice in that moment. And that's essentially what we want to train ourselves to do. Yes. Yeah. And it has, it has been quite a long process of training, you know, it's been yeah. probably over 10 years since I've been kind of trying to learn this stuff. You know, it's not like I've, cause this is the thing as well as it's not, it's definitely not the same process to deal with it for every single person, which is what yeah. I've learned through talking to yeah. other people about this, you know? And I should say that when I just say, Oh, a mindfulness practice, it, it is a practice. It takes a long time to train yourself. Yeah. But if we don't have awareness, if we can't observe what's happening, how can we respond in, in an effective way? So we need to know what's happening. Yep. You know, and for you, like having a background, I think you might've said that you'd experienced some depression before. That's it. Um, yep. Now you know the signs early and you yeah. can respond before yeah. it gets too late absolutely yeah and yeah. that was that was a huge part of, which was i thought was really interesting that the kind of the the therapy and stuff that i went through a lot of it was to do with we're gonna help you now because part of it was just like a, and i talk about this i had a, a vlog recently on wp elevation part of it was like a what i believe should be like a chemical imbalance so it wasn't necessarily anything that was happening in my life it was just like my brain was a bit a bit odd but also a lot of the therapy was to do with we're going to help you develop ways of being able to kind of strategize this going forward and, and deal with it as it comes up. And it kind of does. Mm-hmm. But what I did find is that kind of, I don't know if you know the analogy for the less time you've been playing golf, the more likely you are to show someone how to swing a club. And I found mm-hmm. a lot of the time that people who had been dealing with these problems and mental health and having to cope with it, the less time they've been dealing with it, the more they told me that this is how I had to cope with it, or this is what I should do. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And I was like, but mm-hmm. that's not how I want to cope with it. Some people are like, Oh, you should just go for a run or, Oh, you should be on, you know, uh, you know, antidepressant drugs or whatever. And that's fine. If it works for individual people, that's awesome. But I don't think it's as easy as just saying, this is the checklist you need to do to stop your thing. Right. Yeah. And so that's why I, I tend to talk about more cultivating that self-awareness versus just to diving into strategies. Mm-hmm. 
because how can you dive into a strategy if you don't know what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't understand it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what are the type of things that we are looking for? Well, so you want to get to know, like you were talking about before with your catastrophizing pattern of thinking. So you've gotten to know the way you think really well and you talked about your patterns. So okay. you're looking for your patterns of behavior. Patterns. You'll, you'll actually notice we have something like 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. I don't mind yeah. close to about two or three, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Many of them, some, I've heard some crazy statistics, but something like 90% you might've had the day before. That's insane. So we're, we're on repeat. And I actually, I did a little exercise once, but I read a whole bunch of my past diaries Oh yeah. So yeah. And it's funny actually, cause they always end after about 10 to 15 pages when I had a breakup and <laughs> it, was just, it was just too hard to go on. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but essentially from about the age of like 13, 16, 21, 24, the same stories, the same content, Yeah. obviously, obviously a changing person, yep. but the, the, the core of who I was, the core beliefs about mm-hmm. myself in the world were very similar. And it's, it's only been since my sort of early to mid thirties that they've actually started to um, soften and change, but partly because of my awareness of them. That's so paying attention to these thoughts that we have on repeat constantly yeah. uh, can then again, give us the distance of, Oh, it's just a thought. I don't have to respond in a way as if it's factual um, because huh. I'm having it, you know, yeah. thoughts aren't facts. They are strings of words uh, that come and go. We don't yeah, follow yeah. 50 or 70,000 of them every day. Often we have like our top 10 that we follow. Yeah. And it's often those top 10 that get us into trouble. So, so paying attention to thoughts, obviously, yeah. uh, how we think, paying attention to our physical bodies and our physical responses. You know, when my heart starts racing, when I start to sweat, when I clench my fists, what's that telling me about how I am? Yeah, and yeah, what can yeah. I do to, to slow down this stress response or this anxiety response? Um, paying attention to our emotional world, checking in. Yeah. How am I feeling? Yeah. You know, just like we ask the people that we love, you know, how are you? Well, yeah. we need to ask ourselves that question too. How are you? That's very interesting. How That's are you feeling? Cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then again, like I said earlier, paying attention to our environment as well. So how the environment impacts us, certain mm-hmm. people, certain places will impact us differently. Yep. And we will also impact the environment differently too. So we need to pay attention. Do we treat our family differently to our colleagues? What's yep. happening there? So all those, all those little cues um, that will help us identify the things that trigger us as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's really your question. Mm. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And that's because this, that's the big thing. And I'm glad you kind of brought it up is um, a lot of physical stuff. The the interesting thing I find about mental health is if you say to someone, look, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. Okay. I understand I'm depressed. You know, the way, a lot of the time, our way of going, I'll, can't you just fix it? I was like, but if it was a broken leg, people would be like, can't you just not have a broken leg? But the problem is, is that I can see the broken leg. I can, I can mm. physically experience that. And I can see that mental health. It's not something that usually, it's not something that always physically shows itself. So it's kind of like underneath the surface. So there are things like patterns, thoughts, like even saying, noticing stuff that like your heart's racing, you're sweating, maybe, I don't know. Um, seeing those kind of things are maybe an indication you go, actually, there is something happening here. 
at least I can do something about it now, you know? I think that's the thing that people struggle with. It's not something like a light bulb going off literally over your head, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And many of us spend our lives not looking inwards because it's too painful. It's too scary. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, like, it's like we live with the lights turned off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, how can you live with the lights turned off and make clear decisions and clear choices? Yep. You, know, you need to live with the lights turned on. You need to be facing everything that you're experiencing to be able to make, you know, good, good, more effective, helpful choices. Yeah. You know, in saying that there are, I mean, if I could write prescriptions for exercise every time I saw a client, yeah. I would, yeah. you know, it's, yes. it's, it's, it's one of the greatest antidepressants that's available to yep. us. Yeah. Um, you know, so exercise, sleep, diet, connecting with people, mm-hmm. uh, all those things are great preventative measures. Mm-hmm. Also checking in with, um, with your value system and how balanced you are in your life. Yeah. So, you know, often our quadrant of work, mm-hmm. yeah, we're bang on, like we're totally hitting our values with our work life. Yeah. But then we look at our quadrant of, pleasure mm-hmm. and man we haven't done anything in months that makes us just feel good you know the yeah. food for the soul stuff yeah uh often people are hitting it with work but their family life or their relationships are completely out of sync mm-hmm. um the other really one to sort of think about is uh sort of spiritual growth uh health those sorts of areas as well they also need to be nurtured yeah so if we've got, to, if we're doing too many demands mm-hmm. and not enough wants, then yeah. we can become, again, really yeah. out of balance. So that's another thing that we should just check out and pay attention to, because that can lead to this state of, of overwhelm. I was yep. thinking about this. As, <laughs> so I'm banging on. I can talk about this, Mike. It's, it's. I, I mean, I'm happy to. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 go, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Well, I think, I think in your line of work as well, in particular, it's really good about, um, it's really important to set boundaries. So to know your yes. limits about, you know, the amount of work that you can commit to. Uh, also your negotiables and your non-negotiables. And yeah. I've heard this a lot from Troy as well. You know, once yeah. you figure out, I guess, you know, the value of your work, what you're willing to do for whatever amount that might be that you, you know, sort of stick to that. So therefore you avoid breeding resentment and you also feel like you're moving further to where you want to be in your, in your career. Um, now, obviously it's back and forth. We don't just hit these things and, yep. and there we are. We learn as we go and that's with everything, but, but that's another important thing to think about. Um, and I read this thing about working in your peak hours as well, which doesn't okay. impact me because I work in particular hours but for freelancers yes. some people work better yep. you know at certain times so if you are awesome from 4am to 3 yeah but you know yep. there's no reason that you need to do 9 till 5 or 9 yep. till 8 or whatever you guys do yeah you know so so identify your peak peak spots and also your peak breaks um oh, that's awesome that's really good and diarize your self care so i've got a section in my psychology podcast i ask every psychologist i interview um what they do for self-care because self-care is critical in our industry you can't really do our work if you're not taking care of ourselves of mm-hmm. yourself but it's essential for everybody yeah so you know how do you attend to your self-care and ask yourself that question yeah no, that's good this is really good 
it's um it's interesting as well because uh it's certainly become more and more acceptable i actually mentioned this in my vlog i, I don't think it's i still don't think it's perfect i still think there's personally i think we're kind of going through a wave where it's fashionable to have a mental health problem and i, I oh, think okay that, yeah I, I don't know i kind of see a lot of people kind of self-diagnosing themselves with some pretty severe mental health stuff and i'm like it seems to be very trendy at the moment to have a mental health thing maybe that's just the forums in the world that kind of we live in and that's you know fine i guess but at the same <laughs> time um i th i never think there's been a there's been a better time to start being a bit honest with yourself and understanding, you know, there are ways of doing this. It's, it doesn't always have to be like this. And that's the thing I hear a lot actually is mm -hmm. I wish it wasn't always like this. And nine times out of 10, if not more, it's actually something that we can do as, as people, you know, it's the same thing as going to the gym or eating or the type of movies that you want to see. You don't always have to stick in the same, in the same patterns. You know, you've got a, you've got a lot of options out there. It's just maybe a bit hard work, you know? And like you said, mm -hmm. looking, looking inwards is, terrifying <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and partly we often get taught not to do that from, yeah. from a young age as well yeah, yeah. but I, I don't know the fashionable mental health thing not in the areas that i worked no i think i think if you're in that area you maybe not don't see it but yeah. I, I unfortunately do and i think i think a lot of the time it actually trivializes it um and mm. i'm not at all suggesting that anyone watching this mm. who's aware of it suggests that but I, yeah. but I do see quite a lot of that uh, trivializing. Like people will say, oh, I've got OCD. I'm like, are you kind uh, of playing, a, playing around that you've got it? Or do you actually really, really mean that? Because there's two very, very different things, you know? Mm, um, yeah, but, absolutely. Definitely. So, yeah. But anyway, I mean, this has been absolutely awesome. I just want to do a quick recap because there's been a lot of stuff that you've <laughs> thrown. My notepad is like crazy full. So <laughs> the concept of being mindful and the practice of mindfulness and you stress practice because it's, you know, repeated and coming kind of becoming self-aware, like looking inwards. Yeah. That's, that's typically a good place to start. Mm. Okay. And yeah. Yeah, for it. yeah. yeah. Looking inwards, we use often our breath. When we start out of practice, we'll use our breath. I, I said it's a practice and we need to train ourselves to pay better attention. So we'll often start actually with paying attention to external things or, or physical things. And that will help us, um, to find an, an anchor in the present moment. So it's not easy to sit back and start mindfully paying attention to your thoughts. Sure. So we'll, we'll often use the breath or, or the body. Um, and that's a powerful way to start. Yeah. I just wanted to say that. Yes. No, good. Very good. Yeah. Cool. 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 Mm. Um, and we look at, uh, we want to look inwards for patterns and things that we can recognize and signs that are they building? Do they add up and, and are they over a longer period of time? Um, as opposed to kind of the versions that are just those short-term in-the-moment responses, right? Those are two different things. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, is my response understandable considering what's just happened and then does it blow over? Yeah. You know, or do I lose half the week because of this? Well, then I guess the real question is, is it impacting my functioning? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. Yeah. And, and that's what we really want to pay attention to. That's good. at the Is same impacting my functioning. Yeah. At the same time, we do want to pay attention to even those small moments mm -hmm. because even a difficult situation that passes quickly might take, might require some nurturing or some self care, mm -hmm. you know, so we don't want to kind of just ignore ourselves and just, you know, tell ourselves to, 
get on with it. Yeah. Get up, get on with it. You know, yeah. a bit of a slap around. We yeah. don't want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We want to treat ourselves kindly. Yeah, and that's and that that kind of leads on from um, if we're not if we're not measuring ourselves and we're not asking our question, you know, how how am I feeling? You know, what am I doing? There's no way that we can ever if you're not measuring it, you can't you know attend to it kind of thing, right? Yes. In saying that, you can start with a behaviour. So depending okay. on who you are, and sorry, I should say nothing that I say is <laughs> set in stone. But you know, there's always great. It's different for everybody. And I'm probably trying to make things into bullet points. So I apologise to everyone if I'm trying to yes. oversimplify a lot of this stuff, which I am. So I apologise for that. That's it's understandable because it makes it easy and, and for people to follow. Uh, but essentially, for some people, it might be changing a behaviour first. So okay. you know. And if somebody is really depressed, the first yeah. thing we'll focus on is behavioral activation, like getting people to do stuff. No because, you know, we know that changing yeah, the behavior yeah, can yeah. change just the way we think about ourselves. Um, so getting off the couch, going for a walk, that might be a great first step. Yeah. Picking up the phone, talking to somebody. So there's lots of different ways in. Yeah. But I essentially, I essentially believe that that work around self-awareness is is the key mm-hmm. for consistent, long-term well-being, yeah. um, future prevention, and all those sorts of things. Okay, and 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 finally, I suppose this is kind of the the, the broadest piece that I picked up on is that a lot of it's about balance, you know, between all these kind of areas of our lives. We have work, family, relationships, our own physical health, our environment. Um, you mentioned there were four quadrants. Now, I believe we did a similar exercise with Troy in the mastermind. And he, he said, look, I'm, I'm ripping off my wife here. I've basically stolen one of her exercises. What were, could you? Just- I didn't develop it. It's very, oh, okay. it's very, very well known and very well used. I think it was initially developed by Tobias Lundgren. Cool. Uh, don't quote me, but it's used a lot in acceptance commitment therapy as well, because values work. Values, well, values, they, they guide our, our behaviors they drive us they let us know if we um are you know out of sync and they provide a compass i guess for keeping us on track so that's where that work comes from awesome and those those quadrants those areas are common ones to look at just to check out yeah how we are going if we are living by our values or if we're really far off and then a beautiful thing to question yourself about is just like you know what could i do in the next 24 hours to take one step closer to living by a particular value that i maybe that's a good idea yeah i like the kind of internal question things amy this has been amazing thank you so much for spending some time with me on this because i know it's a kind of a, a tricky subject to work around because obviously you spent six years and your rest of your career kind of learning a lot of this stuff and i'm like can you just kind of like snip it into like a 20 minute segment that would be ideal so i appreciate you doing that my pleasure and in a way yes it's complicated but it's also quite simple you know pay attention check in with yourself you know uh, respond to what's happening in your world yep Yep. No, thank you very much. Uh, so guys, um, you can head over to wpelevation.com forward slash Amy Fellman, um, where we've got a, we'll have all of this written up and we've got a bunch of uh, resources. We have actually got a download, but it's, it's related to the tools that we use at WP Elevation. So it's not particularly pertinent to this episode. Having said that we are, um, supporting OSMI, which you can find at osmihelp.org, which is about open sourcing mental illness. It's about changing how we talk about mental health within the tech community. So this is kind of a big deal. As you can see, a lot of people are kind of um, talking about this within our industry because there's so many people 
setting up their own small tech businesses and whether that leads to things or whether that attracts those same types of people, you know, I've got absolutely no idea. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Amy Feldman. Mike Killen, thank you for having me. And I think it's great what you guys are doing at WPE uh, around mental health. It's cool. going to be very helpful for your listeners. It's awesome. No, we're excited to see it. And we've had some great feedback already. So yeah, thanks very much for joining us, Amy. Um, so sorry, yeah, guys, there was just one more thing that we really wanted to add. We were chatting as we often do at the end of these podcasts. And Amy, you, you had something quite important that you wanted to share about, you know, actually taking action, right? Yes. Uh, I guess I was just saying to you that during our conversation, I was speaking really generally and broadly. Obviously, everybody's situation is different. Uh, and that if anyone is concerned about their mental health at all, uh, it's really important to seek professional support. Yeah. And, and, so and, was, and support and professional help is out there, right? Absolutely. As in, see a psychologist, see a counsellor, go to your GP and talk to them about your, your concerns. Yeah. Uh, and that's the other piece of advice I would give. You know, we're talking about all the things that you can do. Essentially, though, sometimes it's difficult to do them on your own. And you do need that support. You do need that person to normalise and validate your experience and give you a safe place to explore these things. So, yes. If you need it, go and get it. And you know, people in my profession, that's what we do. We love working and helping people to be their best selves. So Perfect. that's what I wanted okay. to say. No, I appreciate that because we, we both felt it was important enough to kind of just record this extra little snippet. So I really appreciate yes. you and doing that, Amy. And yeah, for a second time, thanks very much for joining us. <laughs> thanks, Mike. Speak to you later. Bye now. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast as much as I did. I could have spoken to Amy for hours and hours and hours. Remember to visit wpelevation.com forward slash Amy Fellman to watch my video interview with Amy and leave us some feedback in the comment section below. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating and a review in iTunes. It really helps us spread the word. Just visit wpelevation.com forward slash iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to your company on the next episode of the podcast. Until then, go elevate.